In this journey of Japji Sahib, Guru Nanak Dev Ji has covered a, a myriad of concepts. So if we reflect on what we've seen and what we've learnt so far, it starts with the Mool Mantar that talks about the non-duality, the non-dual root nature of reality. And then the title of the scripture is Jap, the knowledge. And that scripture of knowledge opens with a salok. And that salok is in praise of the permanent nature of the oneness. Ad such, jugad such, happy such, nanak hosipi such. Then within the 38 verses, the bodies, the steps, we learn about hukam, accepting reality as the ultimate outlook on life, the religious dogma, practices and methods, the ideas that the Guru challenges, and then the Guru's methods to understand our connection with life, sunye maniye. And throughout Japji Sahib, we notice the theme of praise, being in wonderment and praise of this unlimited universal creative force. Guruji also talks about the virtues and the qualities needed to have divine living and to adopt those qualities in our life. And then towards the end, we've seen the five stages of transpersonal growth. And in this vast array of teachings, they've all been delivered for one purpose, and that's to help you realize what you are, to help you connect, so that you can leave behind the pain and sorrow that has become such a common theme in your life. That has become your daily experience. You were born with a thirst to seek out bliss. Deep within you, it's what you've always wanted. And it has been your purpose on life. It has been your purpose in life to fill that void and to live your highest experience at every moment. The solution to that searching is now no longer a question of chance, but choice. A choice needs to be made to move towards your own liberation and to succeed on this path. To bring the 38 verses of Japji Sahib to a conclusion, Guruji ends with a final salok. And a salok is a <coughs> style of poetry used in Sanskrit verses, and often it's a pair of rhyming sentences. So you could call it similar to something like a rhyming couplet. This particular salok is the most common salok used within Sikh practice. We hear it at the end of most prayers, most recitings of Barney, and it is sung along with Anand Sahib, the song of bliss. Guruji begins, Pavan Guru, Pani Pita, Mata Dharth Mahat. Air, the Guru, water, the Father, mother, the great earth. So from the words being used in this salok, we can see that Guruji is elaborating on a concept that was started at the beginning of Taramkand. The beginning of verse 34, Guruji said, Rati, Ruti, Titi, Var, night seasons, Lunar phases and solar days, Pavana Pani Agni Patal, winds, waters, fires, and lower realms, 
ਤਿਸ ਵਿੱਚ ਧਰਤੀ ਥਾਪ ਰਖੀ ਤਰਮਸਾਲ within this the combination of elements earth was created and kept as a tarmsal so earth is where mankind can live in an awakened state so in this above verse guruji talked about the creation of earth using the winds and the fires that's how tarti the earth was created in this ending slok guruji uses the same words but you can notice by the spelling that here guruji has used used singular words pavana guru pavana has an ankara underneath it so wind so now we're not talking about multiple things we're talking about singular things so here guruji isn't talking about the creation of all of life guruji is talking about the creation of humanity and the creation of you itself and how we can achieve our purpose if tarmkand was what is the purpose of earth what is the main thing to be done on earth this salok is about our creation and what is our individual purpose and guru starts by talking about a trinity of creation pavan guru air the guru pani pita water the father mata tart mahat mahat means great mata tart mother earth is great and there are a few different ways that we can interpret and incorporate the meaning of this first line the first way that we can understand this line is that guruji is talking about human birth that we are merely a creation of elements the human is created by the combination of the water of the father or semen combines with the egg and that is then embedded into the womb or the mo- of the mother which is the mother earth the earth of the mother that combination that process starts the creation of flesh organs blood bones nerves but those are just two elements those two alone aren't enough for life to occur after all a corpse also has flesh bones nerves blood it's only when air enters in the form of breath that is when life begins when a baby is born life begins at that very first breath so air is the most important ingredient so here guruji has said pavan guru breath is the paramount element it is the guru it is the the highest most significant element in the human body and throughout our life we can live with most other things and we can live without most things but air is the one fundamental element that we need to sustain us and this analogy of air being paramount then going to water then going to earth continues throughout our body air as we breathe enters into our body the oxygen in the form of air is then infused into our fluid which is our blood that blood then acts as the father and then travels around the whole body and delivers that air to the mother earth to the rest of the organs so this life giving breath is paramount in this trinity of guru father and mother relationship yet it is the mother that we have identified with the most the body is what we have given so much importance to this is why we think the body is the greatest of the three mata tarat mahat 
we think the body is the greatest thing. Kabirji gives us a new perspective on this. There's a Shabad on Ang 336. Pani Mela Mati Gori. The water of semen is cloudy. The clay of the womb is crimson red. Is Mati Ki Putri Jori. From this clay, the puppet is fashioned. So Kabirji starts by saying, what are you? You are nothing but a combination of fluids and flesh. Kabirji says, nahi kach ahe na mora. I am nothing and nothing is mine. Tan dhan sab ras gobind tora rahao. The body, wealth and the whole pleasure of life, O Lord of the universe, is yours. Reflect. Is mati me pavana samaya. Within this body of clay, air has been infused. Into this clay, air is infused. Chuta parpanch jor chalaya. Combining these, you have pursued this false expanse. Just with the combination of these three things, you have created a completely false world for yourself. This understanding brings us to a stark realization that ultimately we are nothing but flesh, blood and air. All our lives we've lived inside the bubble of our thoughts and our mind and we've given it the supreme status of chief, of commander. Every thought has been cherished every impulse and desire has been acted upon. And rarely have we taken a step back to realize what actually exists here. What is it that we have allowed to become our whole universe? What it is, is a few kilos of flesh, blood and bones. And none of these physical things belong to us. They are simply borrowed elements from creation around us. So if this is all the body is, is this bag of flesh and bones and blood really the most significant thing in creation? Is this the thing that we have to spend all of our attention on? Have we become so narcissistic that we've spent our whole life giving our body so much undue attention? This introspection alone can be enough to unravel a much deeper understanding of what it means to be alive. Another way to interpret this first line rather than the birth of a human being, the birth of a body, is the birth of our awakening through the Guru. And just as the body is created with three elements, our awareness, our Atma, is nurtured by the Guru who takes on all the forms of creation. So Pavan Guru, breath here, means the thing that we use our breath the most for is our words. Our words are dependent on our breath. Our voice is linked with our breath. And what is Guruji saying is the most significant voice is the voice of the Guru. Pavan Guru. The Guru's Shabad, the Guru's wisdom is the thing we need to contemplate existence and that Guru's wisdom is transmitted through the Shabad, through the word, through the, the breath. So air is the medium through which the word, the Shabad of the Guru is transmitted. And the Guru is also like air, 
because the Guru is a breath of fresh air in our life, a cool breeze that lifts the fog of ignorance. So Guru is like the air, Guru is like the wind. Guru is like a father figure. So the Pitta, the Guru also takes on that form. The Guru is strong. The Guru protects us. The Guru is like the Pani. In ancient Indian traditions, holy water was seen as the thing that can purify you. But Guru is the purifier for us. The Guru is the water that purifies the mind. The Guru is the water that quenches the desires of the mind. And just as water always flows downstream, the Guru shows us that even though the Guru has so much wisdom, that flowing downwards is our nature, that we must also have humility and always look downwards. In the tradition of the Sikhs, in the history of the Gurus of the Sikhs, there has rarely been an example in history where the teacher, where the master has shown so much humility. The Guru in Sikh history has always placed himself below his students, has always said that I am nothing Guru Gobind Singh Ji famously says of the Khalsa, Inhi ke kripa ke sajay hum hai, nahi moso garib karor pre hai. Because of their greatness have I been created. Guru Gobind Singh Ji is talking about the Khalsa. <clears throat> Otherwise, like me, there are thousands of garib, of humble, innocent, foolish beings. Guru Gobind Singh Ji himself has always put himself at the lowest position and said, that I am the servant. Guru Gobind Singh Ji asked the Khalsa to become the Guru and when Guru Gobind Singh Ji created the Khalsa, he bowed down to them and said, please can you also make me a Khalsa? And throughout the history of the Sikhs, the Guru has always demonstrated humility. So this is how the Guru is like water, always showing utmost humility and humbleness. And this is how we learn from that Guru. The Guru is like air, the Guru is like Pani, the Guru is like Pitta. The Guru is now also like Mata, like the mother. The Guru is caring and nurturing. The Guru is like the earth because from the earth we get all our support and all of our sustenance. The Guru supports and nourishes us. And if Shabad is the Guru, then we have to always remember that Oankar, the divine utterance, is the ultimate Shabad, is the ultimate teacher. The source of creation itself, from which all of life is created, that is where the Guru comes from. The Guru is the word that teaches you about the unspoken word. The Guru is in the form of Shabad, teaching you about that silent Shabad that resides within us. Within you is a sound, within you is the primal vibration of creation and the Guru is trying to bring you back to that vibration. And from that Shabad, the air was created, water was created, and Mother Earth was created. In the last verse, we heard Guruji mention Shabad when he said, Kadiya Shabad Sachi Taksal. To mold with the word is the true mint. You have to mold yourself with the word of the Guru, purify yourself from all of the impurities of ego, of the five vices, of jealousy, of greed, of corruption. And the Guru is the one that can transform you into that true gold coin. 
So through the Guru's words, through the Guru's Shabad, through the air, the breath of the Guru, we may know that which is the creation of our own breath, that inner vibration, that inner Shabad. Bhai Gurdas Ji in his second Avar also says something similar. He says, Pavan Guru Gur Shabad hai, Rag Nad Vichara. The air like Guru is the Guru's word through which sounds and vibrations of life can be contemplated. The purpose of the Guru, the purpose of the Shabad is for you to find that which is the Shabad inside you that which is resonating and vibrating inside you at all times. Another interpretation of this first line, Pavan Guru Pani Pita, we take from the same salok that appears in one more place in Gurbani. This whole salok, Pavan Guru Pani Pita, it appears on Ang 146, and is under the title of Salok Mahalla Duja, written by the second Guru. The same verse written by the second Guru. And possibly here, Guru Angad Dev Ji is writing this verse to try and describe Guru Nanak Dev Ji. So another interpretation of this is that Guru Nanak is the one who brought the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of the Guru to the world. Pavan Guru could be interpreted that first Guru existed like air. If we think about air, air is invisible and unreachable. You can't ever contain the air. It's unobtainable. The Guru first existed like this in its primal form, the very Shabad, the Omkar of creation. Then Guru Nanak came as the father and brought that silent message through his words. So Guru Nanak brought that invisible wisdom and he brought it in the form of Amrit and he poured that Amrit and seeded planted within us the seed of Dharam and he watered that seed of Dharam with the Amrit of the Guru's Shabad. And where did that get planted? That got planted into the earth of our heart, into the earth of our body, into the earth of our mind where the seed of Nam can be sown and that can be watered and grown and nurtured with the Amrit of the Guru's teachings. So in all of the above interpretations, air is represented as the most significant, as the breath and the word of the Guru. We need to learn from this. At any point in your life where you feel disconnected, where you feel overwhelmed, where you feel a sense of separation, loneliness, stop, take a moment, and bring your awareness back to your breath. That most primal of elements without which your life couldn't exist, bring yourself back to that awareness. When you feel like you're not living your highest experience, bring your awareness to your breath and combine it with the wisdom of the Guru that non-dual message that the oneness is what is truly here. So shift your awareness from I to you. The difficulties that we face, the emotional traumas that we face is when we're holding on to I. At that point, bring your awareness back to your breath, Bring your awareness to the word and the message of the Guru and change your attention. Shift your attention away from I to you, that all-inclusive, all-powerful, all-knowing, one, divine that is everywhere. Instantly this calms you down, re-centers you and you're able to function again.
So remember Pavan Guru, the primal breath of the Guru Shavad. Devsa Rat Doi Dai Daya Kele Sagal Jagat. Devas Rat Day and Night are Dai and Daya. In the old days, when royalty would have a child amongst their family, when a royal king and queen would give birth, they would usually have a male and female nanny, a caretaker, a childminder, to look after the well-being of that child. And this is what is being referred to as Dai Daya. The role of the Dai, the female childminder, was to feed the infant, to nurse the infant, to clean and bathe and to put that child to sleep. And the daya, the male nurse, the nanny, he would be responsible for taking the child out, for playing with the child, allowing the child to go outdoors and explore, and generally showing the world to this child. Here Guruji is saying that we also have a male and female nanny. The female nanny is the night that soothes us, that calms us, that puts us to sleep. And the male nanny is the daylight, the daytime, without which we couldn't go out and explore the world and play. Day and night are two nannies, male and female, within whom the whole world plays. So here the word jagat has been used, sagal jagat, all world. The whole world is playing. But interestingly, the world has been depicted as an infant, as a child. A way to interpret Sagal Jagat is that humanity is in its infancy. We, human beings, are still in our childlike phase. What does a child do all day? A child plays. And the way a child plays is to make toys, games, models, things that are unreal, feel real. And nothing that the child plays with keeps their attention for very long. They get bored very easily. Even though they use their imagination to make it feel real, they move on to something else. And when the child is playing, when they're lost in their game, when they're lost in their world, they have no awareness of the real world around them. And this is what Guruji is trying to say, that humanity is in this childlike innocence. We play with the material world thinking that it's real when the Gurus have always said that this is temporary, this is a dreamlike illusion. We take unreal things like physical material matter and we like to think that they're real. Nothing in the, in the material world keeps our attention for very long, so we're always looking for a new distraction. And when we play with the Maya of the world, we have no awareness of the real world, of our real role in life. What is really going on? And nothing that a child plays with lasts. At the end of the day, everything has to be tidied away, packed away, ready for another day. And in the same way, in our life, nothing is going to last. In the end, all your toys and all your models will come crumbling down and will be destroyed. So we forget that we are in this illusion, this impermanent world. And the wisdom of the Guru Shabad is showing us th that the world is playing. The only reason that we know this is because the Guru has shown us the tamasha, the play, the drama of the world. Jangiyaya buriyaya vache taram hadur. Jangiyaya buriyaya 
goodness and badness. Vacha means that your account is being read out. And where is your account being read out? In Taram Hadur, in the court, in the presence of the king of Taram, Taram Raja. Changiyanya buriyanya vache taram hadur. Goodness and badness are read out and judged in the presence of the king of righteousness, taram raja. If we contemplate our existence, we naturally begin to question the meaning and the purpose of our life. What should our purpose be? If we are nothing but flesh and blood and air, then what is our purpose here? What is worthy of doing? When we realize that life is so futile, then we begin to think, what do we do? Here Guruji mentions good deeds and bad deeds immediately after day and night. And this is a reflection of how we work. Day is where we go out and do all the things that are deemed to be good. Everything that we know as intrinsically good, we do out in the open, in public, for everyone to see and everyone to congratulate us. Anything that we are not proud of, we do in secrecy, in the darkness of the night, in the quietness of our own being. And that includes our actions and our thoughts and our words and our intentions. Good deeds are done openly in the day and bad deeds are done privately in this metaphorical night. But our own conscience knows it all. And here Guruji says that at some point, all of these things are going to be accounted for. The actions are judged by Taram Raja. So this brings us to the awareness of death, that at some point, we all have to die. We're all destined to come to an end. So we need to be aware of our actions during our limited time on earth. And what we need to be aware of is that all of our actions have consequences, some of which we're aware of and some of which we will never be aware of. The Guru is saying that what you do here counts in your day and in your night, in public and in private, in action and in thought. All of it matters, all of it adds up. This is why early religions were so focused on doing good deeds and acts to purify themselves. Guru Nanak Dev Ji changed the focus from acts of purity into being pure, from external actions to inner awakening. So here Guruji creates room for us to introspect and reflect on our own personal responsibility. How have you lived so far? What have you done with your body? What do you feel needs to be improved? And who have you been listening to in order to decide what priorities to have in life? Who have you been listening to? How do you know what to prioritize and what not to prioritize? This introspection is an integral part of your, un, your own understanding because this path is a path about you realizing what you are. Man tu jod sarup hai apna mool pachan. O mind, O self, you are the embodiment of light. Recognize your own being. So we have to not shy away from understanding our own behaviors. Most of us would feel quite uncomfortable sitting down 
for half an hour in a silent room with nothing to distract us, with our eyes closed, being left alone with our own thoughts. For some reason, just being with our, with our own selves scares us. As though somehow we're going to get eaten away or destroyed by our own void. Like within us is some black hole and if we spend too long staring at it that we're going to get consumed within it. What we don't realize is that's the point. Go within yourself. Allow your mind to be consumed. Because what is left is not something that's empty. What you get is everything that you've been missing out on. Where you've understood your own identity as being limited to your body and your mind, now you go into that permanent identity. This is the stages that was covered from Taramkand all the way to Sachkhand. That your final identity is that you identify with everything. Where the stars and the planets are being created, that is who you are. How do you achieve this? Start by understanding your actions, your thoughts, your intentions, your words, your motivations and your precedents that you've set in your own life of who you think you are. Review your perception of what you are. Karmi apo apani ke nede ke dur. Karmi apo apani. Karmi means your actions. Apo apani. By each and every one of your own actions. Karmi apo apani. By each and every one's actions. Ke nede sam aneya ke dur sam fa. According to your choices of how you are going to live your life, you will create your actions. And those actions will decide whether you are closer or you are further away from your bliss. So your way of living consciously in awareness, awareness of that one, will decide how near or how far you can be from it. This is what the law of karma really means. That your actions have consequences and those consequences are towards yourself. Your actions determine your experience of your own divinity. We have to remember that it's going to be really easy to look at these lines and translate them from a dualistic paradigm. That when we die, someone is going to judge us and by that judgment we shall be made near to God or we shall be banished and pushed far away from God. Like you will be ascended to heaven or descended down to hell. But the reality of Ikkonkar has taught us that you are never far away from God. You are God. It is you. It is you at the very core of you. So you can never be away from God, but your awareness can be light years away. So, Ultimately, if we look at the conclusion from the last verse and this salok, it's one of being aware of your actions. The last verse was all about your efforts. Jat pahara tiraj sunyar, having self-restraint, patience, a receptive mind. It's all about how you conduct yourself. And this verse, again, Guruji has made the most important thing about your actions. Karmi apo apani, by your own choices, you're going to determine whether you're near or whether you're far. So this is a very practical way for Guruji to sum up that living in this material world whilst being here, whilst playing amongst it, while being a part of it, don't forget 
your purpose, don't forget your path towards your own discovery, your self-realization. What is the greatest action that can be done? Jinni naam tiaya mashakkat kaal Who have meditated on the name? Those who have meditated, Jinni naam tiaya mashakkat kaal Mashakkat means difficult efforts. Kaal means to earn those difficult efforts, to go through the labor and do the hard work to earn that difficult and to do that difficult job. Jinni naam tiaya mashakkat kaal Those who have meditated on naam depart by laboring in difficult efforts. How has Guruji started this verse? By reminding us that the world is temporary and that we are temporary within it. And within this temporary world, mankind has a role. And that role is to realize your true nature. That is the purpose that you're here to fulfill. Guru Nanak Dev Ji is suggesting that your intentions your thoughts, your words and your actions determine how you will perform. But the most supreme way to live is to underpin all of those actions with the awareness of the One. Make the awareness, the realization of God Consciousness, your deep most rooted intention. Make that the intention of what your life is about, what you are here to achieve. Ask yourself some very honest questions. At the root of what I'm here to do, what is it that I'm trying to achieve? Every day when I wake up in the morning, what am I trying to do? Am I trying to just live the most comfortable life? Most of us live life as though it's a prison sentence. We know that we're on death's row, we know that at one day our time is coming. But while we're locked here and we can't get away from our death row sentence, let's just make our prison cell as comfortable as possible. Let's make our life as pleasurable as possible. Ask yourself, is this what I believe is my purpose? Is this what I'm here to do? And it's not a question of judgment. It's not a question of looking down on someone just ask yourself, what am I trying to achieve? Who am I listening to? Who is deciding what is my intention? Guru Nanak Dev Ji saying is make the realization of Naam your deep-rooted intention. Your intentions lead to your thoughts. Your thoughts don't just come out of nowhere. Your thoughts come from a deep-rooted perception of what you think you are and where you think you're going. So if your intention is Naam, then it will give rise to the thoughts of Naam. Your thoughts determine your words, what you say you're going to be doing. And if your thoughts are of Naam, then your words will be of Naam. And your words give birth to your actions. You don't just do an action, you first think about it, you talk about it, you analyze it and then you do the action. If your intention is Naam, your thought is Naam, your word is Naam, then your action will be Naam. And we struggle to understand, after learning so much from the Guru, why we're not able to do Naam Simran in our life. Because we're focusing on the final thing, which is the action of Naam. But the action of Naam, we've noticed that no matter how well-intentioned it is, no matter how much we are inspired and we say, I'm going to do Naam Simran and I'm going to wake up early. It lasts for a short period and then eventually we go back to our old ways. But that's because you're trying to address the last step. You first have to address what is my deep-rooted intention for life. Because if your deep-rooted intention is just to be comfortable, if your deep-rooted intention is to surround yourself with pleasures, then waking up at Amrit Vela is not a pleasure. 
it feels like a chore. Staying in bed is a greater pleasure. That's why it's difficult, because we have to decide what is it that we are here to do. So first decide who is it that you want to be. Make that choice, make that decision. Who do I want to be? What am I here for? If you're honest and say, I'm here to live a comfortable life, then live a comfortable life. Don't pretend to yourself and others that you're a student of the Guru. Because the student of the Guru is taking his wisdom from the Guru. The student of the Guru is asking the Guru, you tell me what is the best way to live. If you look like a student, but you don't act like a student, then don't fool yourself. Be honest with yourself and say, this is not what I'm here to do. If you're enticed by the message of the Guru, then you, your Naam has to go very deep. The intention has to be there. Your thoughts have to be Naam Simran. Your words have to be Naam Simran. Every conversation you have with someone should be an expression of that Naam. And then you will be able to live Naam with every action. And Guru Nanak Dev Ji says, Jinni Naam Teaya Gayam Mashakat Kaal. They depart wor this world having done this difficult thing, having gone so deep within themselves and rooted out all of the impurities and embedded the seed of Naam and watered it with the wisdom of the Guru's Amrit and lived every breath with the pavan of the Guru, with the Guru on every breath. This is not easy. This is why Guru Nanak says, Jinni Naam Tiaya Gayam Mashakat Kaal. Those who have done it, they did a very difficult job. So you have to underpin all of your intentions, thoughts, words and actions with the awareness of the One. That is what Naam means, to be aware. And to live your highest experience of life. What is the highest version of life that you can imagine for yourself? Live that at all times. So we need to understand how can we do this? How are we going to achieve this? How are we going to make Naam the most important element in our DNA? Guru Nanak Dev Ji tells us, Guru Nanak Dev Ji has a Shabad on Ang 1021 where he talks about the same elements that he's mentioned in this Salok of water, earth and air. But in this Shabad, Guru Nanak Dev Ji puts those elements within the context of non-duality. Guruji says in this Shabad, Ape Tanaka Ape Sarbana You yourself are the bow, you yourself are the archer. You are all wise, beautiful and all-knowing. You are the speaker and you are the listener. You yourself made what is made. Then Guruji goes on in the next verse, Pon Guru Pani Pit Jata Air is the Guru and water is known to be the Father. Udar Sanjog Tarti Mata The womb of the Great Mother gives birth to its all. To it all. So the air and the water are combined with the mother and that gives birth to it all. Rand dinas doe dai daya jag kele kelai he. Night and day are the two nannies, male and female, within which the world plays in this play. But then Guru goes on to the next verse. Ape machli ape jala. You yourself are the fish. You yourself are the net. Ape go ape rakvara. You are the cow and you are the cow herder, the farmer. Sarb jiya jag jot tumari jaisi prab furmai hai. Your light fills all beings of the world. They walk according to your command, O Divine. So there Guruji contextualizes the Pavan Guru Pani Pita Mata Dharat Mahat Divsara Dui Dai Daya concept Khele Sagal Jagat. Guruji contextualizes by saying 
in the, sh in the verse above it and the verse below it that this is all you. So those who can see the air, the water, the earth, the day, the night, and the entire drama of the world as the one, they are the ones who are reciting Nam. That is Nam Simran. Nam Simran isn't that I get lost in Maya, but every now and then I call Mr. God sitting in the sky. Nam Simran is you are water, you are air, you are earth, you are day, you are night, you are the play of the world. You are the sun, you are the moon. Guru Gobind Singh Ji in Akal Ustad says, Jale Hari, Thale Hari, Ure Hari, Bane Hari. That you are in the Jal, in the water, you are in the land, you are near and you are far, you are in the cave and you are in the forest. Guruji is reminding us right from the beginning of the Mool Mantar all the way throughout Guru Granth Sahib Ji, all the way throughout the Dasam Bani Shabads, throughout the Dasam Granth as well, that this is all the game of the One. And if you haven't understood, Guru Nanak Dev Ji is now clarifying, this is what it means, Jinni Naam Tiaya. Naam means to see the One in everything. Seeing that everything is the manifestation of the One, only those people are in true awareness of Naam. An interesting thing to note in this final salok is that within the first few lines there are many opposites. We have the air and then we have the earth. We have the father then we have the mother. We have the male, the dai, and the daya, the female. We have the day, we have the night. We have the changiyanya, and then we have the buriyanya. We have the good, and then the bad. We have the nere, and then we have the dur. So Guru Nanak Dev Ji has brought lots of different ideas, but has paired them together. And Guruji is demonstrating that behind all of the world there is an inherent duality. But what is the solution to seeing the world as left or right, up or down, seeing the world in duality, seeing the world in opposites? Jinni naam te aya Doing the hard work of seeing through the duality. Never recognizing anything as opposites. Never seeing some people as your friends and some pe people as your enemies. Guru Nanak Dev Ji has taught us this message. The Gurus say that Nako Bari Nai Beganna. No one is my enemy. No one is a stranger. Sagal Sang Hamko Bani Ai. I am friends with everyone. I have made a friendship with everyone. But we have to learn that this Nam Simran isn't something you do, it is interwoven into every aspect of our life. If you're doing lots of Nam Simran, but you're looking down at somebody else for not doing it, you're lost in duality. Your Nam Simran is useless. Your Nam Simran is increasing your ego. If you're doing lots of Nam Simran, but you still have people that you dislike, and you still have people that you like, your Nam Simran is wasting your time. No amount of Nam Simran you do is going to help if you're not allowing the Nam Simran to break your ego, if you're not allowing the Nam Simran to break your duality, if you're not allowing the Nam Simran to break your relationship with Maya. This is what it means, Jinni Nam Tiaya. The awareness of nothing but the One, the ultimate non-dual realization. Nam is the destroyer of opposites. Nam, oneness, is the destroyer of duality. Nanakate mukha ujale 
ਕੀਤੀ ਛੁੱਟੀ ਨਾਲ ਨਾਨਕ ਕੰਕਲੂਡਸ ਬਾਈ ਸੇਇੰਗ ਨਾਨਕ ਤੇ ਮੁਖ ਉਜਲੇ ਦੇ ਫੇਸਿਸ ਰੇਡੀਏਟ ਦੇ ਮੁਖ ਦੇ ਫੇਸਿਸ ਉਜਲੇ ਦੇ ਰੇਡੀਏਟ ਕੀਤੀ ਛੁੱਟੀ ਨਾਲ ਐਂਡ ਬਾਈ ਡੂਇੰਗ ਸੋ ਦੇਵ ਆਲਰੇਡੀ ਡਿਪਾਰਟਡ ਦੇਵ ਸੇਵਡ ਥੈਮਸੈਲਵਸ ਬਟ ਦੇ ਆਲਸੋ ਇਮੈਂਸਿਪੇਟ ਮੈਨੀ ਅਦਰਸ ਨਾਨਕ ਦੇ ਫੇਸਿਸ ਰੇਡੀਏਟ and so many are emancipated along with them their faces are bright and illuminating the ones who can see the light of naam in everyone else their faces are shining it is like a torch because they are radiating naam they can only see the light of naam everywhere else they have known that divine presence and they recognize oneness in everything and this is the goal of all religions union with that divine destruction of falsehood so awareness of naam is the ultimate form of purity if you think you are being pure just by cleaning just by having clean hands clean clothes washing several times a day guru nanak dev ji has already explained that this is not purity soche soch na hove je sochi lakhwar you will not be clean just by cleaning 100000 times and what will you do if your hands are clean what will you do if your clothes are clean pariye hath pair tan de pani tote utras ke if your hands and feet are dirty wash them with water mut paliti kapad hoye de sabun laye o doi if your clothes are stained rinse them with soap but still that doesn't get rid of the filth of the mind pariye mat papa ke sang o to pe nave ke rang naam is the only thing that can clean the filth of your mind of your sins what is the external cleansing that's going to do for you when internally you haven't learned that naam is the cleanser so if you're seeking purity in life naam is the purity naam is the purity that breaks the veil of separation it is the ultimate purity the very first question in the very first verse give sachara hoye give kude tutte pal how do we cleanse ourselves how do we become true and pure and good how do we remove the veil of falsehood guru nanak dev ji is concluding japji sahib by saying jinni naam te aaya gaye mashakat kal nanak te muk ujale kiti chutti naal guru says that a person who has this amount of naam they save themselves and they save everyone around them and in this last few words we get guru's final instruction go and seek out such a person that you may also know how to live find someone who is living like this they have succeeded in their life they've achieved the purpose of their being so they're now not here living on earth to achieve any other goal they're not going out trying to achieve material success because they've achieved the purpose of their life so they are there waiting to serve you go and find them such a saint walking around is the word of the guru if you want to know what the guru has to say if you want to have a conversation with the guru find such a walking living breathing example of the guru's message they are intoxicated by naam by this conscious awareness and in their company maybe we can also get intoxicated by that naam we can also through their example know what it means to walk on the guru facing path so in this final salok of japji sahib guru has highlighted the path of dharm and the mission of mankind the choice you make at every moment is whether to climb up the ladder or whether to go lower to progress or to recede every code of conduct written by eminent Sikh scholars and mystics has said that reciting and contemplating Japji Sahib daily is an essential part of staying steadfast 
on this path and walking this arduous journey to realize our place and our connection with the ocean of one. Why Guruji ka Khalsa? Why Guruji ki Fateh?